Welcome to the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor podcast, LaughBox. We have multiple hosts and multiple guests and multiple ways to think out of the box using humor. Join us for today's episode number 83 with Jim Bob Williams, Chip Lutz, and Katie B. Welcome to the 83rd edition of Laugh Box. And this Laugh Box is going to be a little bit different because instead of being the host, Chip Lutz is going to be the subject. Welcome, Chip. Well, thank you. It's uh, great to be a subject. I'm Jim Bob Williams and here with KDB. And we'll be your uh, we'll be your podcast host for the day. Yeah. The thing I really like about doing this is that if we mess up, Chip, you can always just step in and interview yourself. I will. I absolutely will, because I'm a control freak like that. I can't help it. It's just part of my nature. I've got a question for you. Chip, your specialty has been leadership. You also have the Unconventional Leader podcast. I do. And humor, because you are a CHP, Certified Humor Professional. I am. Past president of the AATH. That is also true. You speak no lies, Jimbo. You okay. speak no lies. So here's a question for you. When did you know that you were going to be a leader? When did I know? Yeah. That is a really, that's a really interesting question because um, um, I don't know if you ever really just know. I just, I've always known when I needed to step in. So there are times when I've always known that I need to step in and kind of like, you know, take things. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually when people are, you know, when it's like, hey, who, who wants to do this? And everybody kind of like steps back and says nothing. And the internal piece of me is just like, all right, let's just, just do it, you know. You don't really want to, but you know you have to, so just do it. So um, I don't know if there's really like an intrinsic like, oh, I, I when I was five and uh, other kids were talking about uh, being firemen and policemen, and I was like, well, I'm going to be a leader. That wasn't really it. Um, it's just really more of a um, case by case, knowing when I needed to step in and do something when other people didn't want to. Okay, so this developed before you went to the Navy? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, uh, pretty much all through my life, I think that um, I've always stood up for other people that couldn't stand up for themselves mm. and um, stepped in where I need to step in, um, sometimes to my own detriment <laughs> and maybe got beat up a few times um, in high school because of it, but just part of my nature on, you know, doing what's right, doing what needs to be done. When did you decide to add humor or when did you recognize that humor was going to be part of your leadership <clears throat> style? I don't know. Okay. So here, here it is. I don't know if that's really like one of those things, like an epiphany mm -hmm. or like, Oh, you know what I need, you know what this needs? Like, you know, it's like this song needs more cowbell. Like <laughs> <laughs> this, this evolution needs more humor. It's just part of who I am. So I was really kind of a little more blessed. Um, in that my dad um, had a really great sense of humor. My mom and dad were married for, uh, prior to my dad's passing, 55 plus years. My mom, who is also a CHP, by the way, will always say that um, my dad always made her laugh. Um, he had a really great sense of humor. So the house that we grew up in, um, even though my dad sometimes could be a major league a-hole, um, also was very funny. He was, you know, he was really, really funny. Like for me, you know, humor has always just been a part of my DNA on how I deal with things, how I cope with things, um, how I get things done. And well, it's a great tool, obviously. It's part of who I am. I'm leaders that can 
you know, laugh and have a little bit of fun and more importantly, laugh at themselves, help create an atmosphere of risk without fear of reprise. In that, you know, in today's world, we're looking for people that are wanting to innovate, wanting to do things, you know, but they're always kind of scared. But if the leader sets the tone, sets the pace and is willing to laugh at themselves and laugh at the mistakes that happen, you know, they help create the atmosphere where people are like, you know, well, you know, if he's he's big enough, he's bold enough, he's brave enough to do this himself, then maybe I can do that too. Let's let's step out of our comfort zone and try something. I mean, the heart of innovation is um, to me, lack of fear. And so I think humor helps kind of make that happen. So uh, to answer your question, I think, which I've tried to do, um, it's not anything where I just decided, it's just part of who I am. But also I think that uh, um, most people within the um, leadership world sometimes have a, I don't say most, I'll say, there are a lot that have like a stick up their craw and do not want to have a sense of humor. But if you don't laugh at yourself, you might as well as a leader because your people are laughing at you anyway. Good point. Excellent point. So where does the genesis of LaughBox, where did you, when did you know that you wanted to do that? Oh, um, that's pretty funny. All right. So I'm going to give you the real straight skinny on this. Okay. I was a level two um, uh, in my program for uh, the CHP program, and we had to do a uh, project. I knew that I was starting my my own podcast, and I thought, you know, that's what kind of like ATH needed. So um, I also belonged to the National Speakers Association, and they had a um, grant every year. I think it was the Art Berg Grant for Communications or something like that. And so um, I was on a trip up north, and um, deadline was coming due within like a day or two. So um, I had a couple of vodka tonics and wrote the grants. And it got approved. And um, that's how it um, that's that's how it came about. It was something that um, helped us um, kind of like you know seed everything, get the um, um, the podcast started with a server, get some like um, intro and outro stuff. Um, yeah, that was just it. You know, it just it was something that. Um, you know, in today's world where uh, we know that uh, uh, communication comes in all different, you know, modes and mediums, um, that uh, this is just one way to get the information out. In some ways, it's really self-serving for me because when you get to be a podcast host, you know, you get to talk to people that just up your game, mm -hmm. you know, like in the 82 previous episodes to this one. And I don't think anybody's going to, you know, up their game from talking, listening to me, but in the 82 previous episodes, I will tell you that um, I listened to a, a bunch of people and had conversations with people that um, I was just like, wow, um, they completely, you know, inspired me, educated me, you know, when made, made me want to do things a little bit different. I mean, just really, really uh, fantastic people that um, upped my game. In case we want to go for a grant, what brand of vodka were you drinking? I don't know. I, you know what? It was a bar. And so yeah. I don't normally drink rail. Um, so I, I'm guessing it was probably Tito's. I'm guessing if okay. I was ordering. Um, it's like, you know, my normal order is give me a double Tito's on the rocks with a splash tonic and a lime in a short. Okay. All right. That's, that's the key to getting a grant, folks. We just want to make so, sure. I'm just saying, I mean. In I, a short, Tito's. 
with a splash of lime. Is that a right? Double, a double Tito's in a short. Yeah. Double, double Tito's, splash of lime. And um, it's a little bit of tonic. Short. Actually, you just have to just waft the tonic over the top, just like waft the tonic <laughs> over the top. Yeah, that's pretty much and it. And then in a short, it's a short, short glass. Short. Just yeah. let the tonic see the surface of the vodka. That's yeah, pretty right. much. You know, that's that's. Right. Uh, I like the taste the of I, you know, unlike a lot, I like the taste of vodka. So, um, when I when I have a drink, I would rather taste my vodka than taste other things. But All right. that's me. Okay, but we digress. Yeah. We do. Because yeah. I tell you, when I was a new to AATH, I decided I was going to listen to every episode of Laugh Box. I figured this mm -hmm. would be a good way to introduce myself to who the thought leaders were. And I didn't have time to read, you know, 50 books, but I did have time to read, uh, listen to a bunch of podcasts yeah. with the people who wrote the books. Yeah, absolutely. And it was invaluable. Just yeah. Uh, really awesome people that we've had on our podcast on our podcast. I mean, I, I will completely agree with you. I mean, like I said before, people that just make you think different and up your game, up your humor game. Let's I'll I'll I'll, I'll clarify a little bit. Up your humor game. Up your humor. Yes, good point. If you were going to do a Mount Rushmore of your podcast guests, who would be the four people on your that's so unfair. Yes, that is it is. It unfair, really is because you know, number five question. is going to be ticked off. Like, I have four kids. That's like asking me to say which one is my favorite because I'm going to hurt somebody else's feelings. Okay. But as parents, we all know that we have fair, we have favorites. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, I really I can't answer that because they've all been so amazing. No. Um, like, I've had, you know, like, you know, Karen Buxman also passed president on a few times, yeah. you know, Stu, uh, Sue Stevenson on a few times, yeah. Steve Wilson on a few times. We did a really great um, last year when the pandemic, well, two years ago when the pandemic hit, we had a great panel um, yeah. talking about the pandemic and, you know, um, Heidi Hanna had on a few yeah. times, you know, people I've had on a few times, you know, obviously they have a lot to give, but in, even people that have just been on once have made an impact on me. First, I want to thank you for your service in the Navy. Oh, and well. I also want to thank you for your service to AATH and especially that podcast where you had the panel discussion at the start of the pandemic. Oh, well, thanks. Because uh, what I would do is I would download the podcast on my phone, get a headset, and I'd go walking on a local college campus, which mm -hmm. was eerily empty at the yeah. time. You're waiting for like tumbleweeds to start going down the road. That's what yeah. I was waiting for. I was like, you know, you're like, it's so desolate, so quiet. You're waiting for tumbleweeds. And then for zombies, that's what I was waiting for in March of 2020, you know, yeah. tumbleweeds and zombies. I had my, I had my machete ready. So I'm just saying yeah. for the tumbleweeds and the zombies. If you could please tell us one of your best moments with the podcast. Here's how it works. All right. You're really hoping that you can ask a few questions and the person you're talking to just kind of goes off on a tangent and 
you know, handles a lot of stuff and talks about things because otherwise the conversation is very cumbersome. I have not had that experience with an AACH. I've had it with my other podcasts where you're just like, you know, it's like you're 20 minutes in and you're like, oh man, this is like getting gutted with a butter knife. It is long and painful. I've got to carry this entire conversation. The conversation is not about me. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be about this topic and this guest, um, which has never really been the case with any guest I've had on this podcast um, on Laughbox because, you know, everybody's like comes to the table with a lot of information and a lot of things they want to share. And within our community, and you guys know this, is that it's such a caring and giving community. Yeah. Um, I remember my first conference in, I think it was 2006 in Panama City Beach. I might be incorrect on that. Mm-hmm. And that was my first conference, Panama City Beach, but I don't, I'm thinking it was 2006. I can't remember, but I remember saying to my spouse at the time, I say at the time because I'm not married to her anymore, you know, um, she liked mayonnaise. I like Miracle Whip. It just was, yeah. Yeah. it was one of those lines we couldn't get past. Anyway, um, but I remember saying to her at the end of the weekend, it's like, I don't know if I can go back to real life after this. She's like, what do you mean? I said, real people aren't this nice. <laughs> real people aren't this great. I mean, the, the rest of the world is like dog eat dog. I mean, you, and you're hoping you're not wearing milk bone underwear, yeah. right? I mean, like at an ACH conference, it's like everybody's there, you know, they want to be there. They're fundamentally the, the nicest people on the face of the earth. And um, they genuinely care about the people that are there. Can you tell us about a time in your life, which really stunk at the time, but later on, you, you look back at it and you say, it stunk, but I'm glad that happened because I learned this. Pretty much all facets of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like anybody's life. I mean, I think that's like the difference between people that look at the glass a little more positively as far as like being half full versus those that might look at it as being half empty. Um, I'm always a little more positive in my outlook on life and how I do things and how I look at things. I look at any day is just one day out of many days. Any week is just one week out of many weeks. Mm -hmm. And so that gives me a little different perspective on what I'm going through. Um, So like here, uh, five years ago on uh, Easter morning, I ended up having, um, after my second cup of coffee, had a um, perforated bowel and ended up in the hospital, you know, for a week when uh, left with a 10 inch incision on my abdomen and an ostomy bag. And um, it was, you know, like I wasn't expecting that. It was a great reminder of my mortality, which I think we all need once in a while. It then made me think about, you know, how much, you know, literally all of us, you know, go through on a daily basis. And so like it spurred a book that I wrote and I um, uh, published. Anything that's harsh in our lives that we go through sometimes gives us things that you know teach us one but two that make us better able to serve other people i'm a firm believer that um i wouldn't erase any hardship that i've gone through in my life because it makes me better able to um, connect with other people that might be going through the same thing i'll be a little more empathetic to somebody else's plight because sometimes we lead kind of insulated lives so when we connect with other people that maybe a little bit different, um, but, you know, when they start sharing their real story of things that they've gone through, then we can connect with them. And I think that's an important aspect for any of us. And that's not really like humorous, but I think that humor can be a part of that. I 
think like having ostomy bag is hilarious. It was, you know, first couple of weeks, it wasn't hilarious, but afterwards it was really hilarious. I won't share those stories because they're really kind of like literally shitty. I'm a registered professional sanitary engineer. So yeah, bring it on. I yeah. love stories like that. About a month in, I was on a trip and I was speaking in somewhere in Iowa and then I had to fly to Idaho. So I got to Idaho and I got to my hotel and went to sleep at two o'clock in the morning, like the bag exploded. And so I woke up, it's like, there's literally shit everywhere. I got in the shower and part of me just wanted to cry. And just what, you know, like you ever have those times where you just want your mom to tell you, your mom to hold you and tell you everything's going to be okay. It was one of those moments. Cause it just been like literally the last month, you know, from surgery to then had been like really, really bad. But then I just started laughing and I was like, you know what, here's the plus on this is that those aren't my sheets. <laughs> I'm staying in a hotel. I left a little bigger tip for the, for the housekeeping staff. Um, and went to work the next day. It's all good. Sometimes you get a mind for humor. It's just one of those things where uh, you can find it if you look for it. Can you go into more about finding it? Finding humor? Oh, yeah. where, where do you look for it? Yeah. Uh, where do you look for it? Well, I'm a fr uh, firm believer that like, uh, who was it, um, that said that tragedy plus time equals comedy. I'm trying to think yeah. of Carol Burnett. There you go. So sometimes, you know, we have to, you know, if the time piece, we have to speed up ourselves. But tragedy plus time equals comedy. The only thing that's within our control in that is the time piece, you know, where if we're actively looking for what's funny in this, um, like I just shared, like, you know, with that the story of, you know, being in the shower as like, I was actively looking for something um to help me cope with it cope with what i was going through so you know sometimes it takes talking to other people you know uh about it you know if you've got your humor crew that uh, helps you see things a little bit um differently than the norm in the world we have you know people that i think mary kate puts them as humor doomers um i look at them as uh, i talk about uh people as carriers or converters uh, people that carry the negativity around and they try to suck everybody in or people that try to convert the atmosphere. Um, so uh, I'm going to reach out to the people that are the converters in my life that help me see things a little bit wider, um, a little bit funnier. Um, even if they can't really see what the funny is in that, they're still going to make me laugh. So we're going we're to talk about something that's kind of crazy that has no bearing on what we're going through. But that's, you know, one way uh, to find the humor in it. I think that another way is try to emotionally separate yourself from whatever's going on. Um, and I do that through um, watching something that's funny to me. Um, usually any Will Ferrell movie will do it, with the exception of the movie that he made with Amy Poehler called The House. Um, I wanted the, that 90 minutes of my life back because it was a horrible movie. I think the important thing is to figure out what works for you, like anything. You know, you, you know, like any anybody can like spew off a bunch of stuff for like stress manage or whatever. The most important thing with any tool you're going to use is to figure out what works for you. You know, what are the things that work for you? Like I know what works for me, you know, in finding humor in situations, I'm trying to mine it, but it might not work for other people. Yeah, there's no one I, universal answer because that would be like you saying that you had problems seeing and I'd say, here, try my glasses. It's not the same prescription. Yes. I think it's very interesting, the um, carriers versus converters. I've not heard that before. And That's the, because that is mine originally. It's yours. You own it. Well, I don't really know if I own it. You can take it, use it. I'm just, that's how I look at things. 
I think it's brilliant. I just want to say that. Well, and, that's uh, not the first time anybody's ever said that about me, that I'm brilliant. Well, <laughs> actually, you know, it is. That is actually the first time anybody's ever said that. So thank you. That you know of, because we've had conversations with people about you. Yeah. And all I'm saying is, you're going to be a tough act to follow. Okay, question. Now, your formal training in humor, you spent some time with, at Second City, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, is that the only formal training you had I mean, outside of AATH? And the yeah. academy is that the only formal training you've had in well i don't know i would say the navy is formal training because like <laughs> yeah. i worked you know for 22 years i worked with some of the most hilarious people i've ever worked with in my entire life because most people you work with they've got a pretty good sense of humor and sometimes a very warped sense of humor um which you know helps you deal with certain situations mm -hmm. a little bit differently so i would say that um my year at second city um you know, I, after I retired from the Navy, I spent, you know, went through the entire, you know, um, uh, process with, you know, the whole year long program for improv. And I would recommend that for anybody is looking for something different because um, it was just such a great program. Um, I mean, I felt really old because I was like the oldest person in my in my class. I think it made me a better listener. I think it made me a better husband. I think it made me a better dad. Uh, just because it just got me out of my norm of what I normally look at. And I think that's the, the kind of sometimes at the, the heart of improv is, you know, being comfortable in the uncomfortableness of, you know, what's going on and being able to respond when you need to respond without thinking about it. So um, opposed to running a script, which sometimes we do in all of life, just running a script of like, oh, well, this is what I should say here. This is what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? So um, it was just a great process for me. Would you rather come out of left field? So I don't think I can surprise you with anything because you... You might be able to. You Try see, it. Well, okay. Uh, but here's the... How about this? Would you rather give up drinking or know that you would lose a minute of life for every ounce of ethanol you put in your system? Would I rather give up drinking or what was the second thing? Know, know that, that you would lose a minute of life for every ounce of ethanol that you consume. Wow. Mm. Yeah. It's in the knowing, see, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> subconsciously, you know, that drinking is horrible for you and that, you know, you're probably, you know, shortening your life, but I don't think I'd want to know. Um you know, those are both horrible like you know because i do like a vodka tonic that's just you know um part of my jam um so i'm gonna say that i would rather um not do either <laughs> i'm gonna plead the fifth i'm well, plead the fifth the good news if you you know if it does take a minute of life off at least they're probably pretty crummy minutes you yeah? know Maybe, so like, you, know, you know, they might be the best minutes. You just don't uh, know. Good point. Depends. There's a lot of things you just don't know. You yeah. Know? yeah. We can sit back and speculate. I mean, if I had done this, my life would be so much better, but probably not. Yeah. Just be happy where you're at. That's right. All right. Now, the people listening to this podcast are likely affiliated with AATH. No, I'm going to ask you a question. Both you ask of you. me a question? Okay. Yes. All right. So, Jim Bob, would you rather jump into a swimming pool filled with tons of ants or jump into a swimming pool filled with millions of flies. Mm. You know, that'd be kind of tough. I think 
I would uh, rather jump in with the ants because I think that would cushion me. And if I jumped in with the flies, that you know, the zippers would kind of tear at my skin and it would be, be very uncomfortable. Yeah. I appreciate your logic train on that. Okay. Very, very nice. Yeah. All right, KDB, would you rather accidentally uh, suck a large fly through your nose and swallow it or have a tiny fly go inside your ear and never be able to get it out? Would both sides of the fly work to zip up the problem? I don't have answers to your question. This is your question to answer. This is a moment of truth. It's a moment of truth. Yeah, well, considering the way my nose works at my age right now, it would probably be best to have it in the nose rather than in the ear, because I prefer to hear. I, I do too. People like you. I but if and I the, could zip the both sides together and make a zipper and just have it not happen, that'd be even better. Yeah. And what I appreciate about your answer is that, you know, that constant buzzing in your ear would probably drive you a little crazy. You know, you're right. You never so, know. You know, I'd, I'd much rather have it different than that because the yeah. constant buzzing would be like buzz, 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 buzz in your ear. You'd be like, I'm going to go out and shank somebody because I can't take this anymore. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So of thank course, you. and and I shank people on a regular basis. Oh, so who doesn't? <laughs> Always. I've got like a whole. I got twelve acres. I got a whole field people, a uh, field of people out here that I've shanked. You know, good. with the machete, right? Yes, because yeah. you've got the zombies in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice, nice callback, by the way. Nice. Thank you. That's yeah. on purpose. Yes. And I even wrote a song about it. Shanks for the memories. Okay. There Shanks you. for the memories. For the memories. <laughs> all right now realize that by recording this and eventually it'll be out there the words that we record are going to be transmitted and maybe they'll end up being heard by an alien civilization somewhere maybe some archaeologist is going to come by and unearth the server that this is residing on what would you like the future to know this is your advice for the 23rd century or whoever is going to hear this. Mm. Measure twice, cut once. Good advice. I think that's, that's true for everything, everything in life. <laughs> so if you're talking to your spouse and you're really angry, mm, measure twice what you're thinking about and cut once. If you're thinking about disciplining somebody, measure twice, cut once. If you're thinking about telling a joke, measure twice mm-hmm. tell it once um yeah so i just think that <laughs> that's my advice right there for what it's worth that's pretty good in the podcast world as you are such a star how do you want to be remembered <laughs> can you think of a phrase that sums up chip in one go no, I cannot. Um, I'm a horrible evaluator of myself. So I'm much like, like all of us, I'm much harder on myself than anybody else will ever be. Um, so I would um, mainly just want, I, this isn't like a one sentence, I would just say I mainly want that, you know, hopefully that the things that we've shared over the fat last few years mean something to people and they can take something from it. And make a difference in their own lives and in making a difference in their own life uh, because every life has a ripple effect, you know, 
that um, they positively impact other people as well. That's lovely. So how did you get the nickname Chip? I've been called Chip my entire life. We should have led with this question um, (laughs) because we're rounding up. But um, so uh, my mom named me Charles Wesley because she thought that it sounded regal and that someday I would have a lot of money, which has yet to manifest. But um, uh, on our block, there was a Chuck that lived up the street. There was a Charlie that lived across the street. And so she decided before I was even born that she would, you know, they would call me Chip. That way, when they called me for dinner, I would actually, you know, it would be me that showed up and not the other two assholes that lived on the block. Okay. It was just this asshole that would show up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right now you're in seminary. I am. Right? By the time this gets published, I will actually be completely done. Very right. nice. Will we call you father? No. You. Okay. What will we call you? I'm not sure about the Lutheran, you know, Lutheran practice there. Um, you'll call me Chip. Okay. That's what you'll call me. So the Navy person me, the Navy person in me, when you said that, Katie B, was like, do we call you father? I'm like, no, you can just call me daddy. Um, that's the Navy <laughs> of person. Of course. Right. Um, <laughs> so the uh, incumbent pastor would be like, no, you can just call me Chip. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but but does this make you, you will be a pastor? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. What's Well, the way it works is that, you know, once I finish up, um, like I've been doing a, my internship um, and finishing up seminary. So then I'll be actively in the call process. And so I'll interview with churches. And once I, you know, uh, match up with a church, um, uh, like they like me, I like them. Um, I'll get ordained and then I'll be a pastor at a church. Yes. That's lovely. Yeah. So you must be very excited for this next chapter. Yeah. You know, it's different going to school in your fifties, you know, that's definitely, um, you know, being 55 and, um, you know, rocking out your third master's degree, you're just like, woo, I'm so done with school. I'm so tired of writing papers. Let's just get this done. So, um, yeah. It'll be it'll be good to have it all done because you know how many years do I really have left on this earth? I don't know, fifteen, ten, tomorrow. Who knows? Well, but you're getting in the in the right hand pocket of the man upstairs. That's what we'd like to think, right? But who knows? Right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's part of, part of my faith that you know I do I do know, but uh, where I'm going, we have a multi faith. And you know, very diverse group within our um, congregation of ATH. Yes, very true. And if we can say congratulations a little early, because yeah. the Thank way you. the timing's working out. Thank you. I'm excited. Mainly, I'm excited for the summer because I can hang out with my grandkids. That's really what I'm planning right. for the entire summer. Where's well, do you, you're going to have to listen to the Meatballs theme song. Do you remember it? No, I don't. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the no, I sunshine? Do thank you for thank you for um, you know bringing back that memory. You're welcome. I could do a jig across the screen too, but I'll hold off. No, you can. I'm. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm okay. Are you ready for the summer? Are you ready for the sunshine? 
and I can't remember the rest of the words, but they sound like this and something and a fool and a whole lot of fooling around, but you're going to be fooling around with God. I think that's a great sermon title, yeah. fooling around with God. I think that's yeah, awesome. I think I might that's use good. Yeah. You can have it. It's yeah. for you. Great. <laughs> So are you going to, are you going to have to do a final project for before graduation? Are you going to do a final sermon or dissertation? Nope. Okay. Nope. Just you know, just the coursework we've done. I think you know, going through uh, taking Greek and Greek and Hebrew is probably enough that anybody ever needs to do. Yeah. That's my own personal opinion. Oh, I was going to say Maseltov, and you just proved to me that that actually might actually be something we can say to you. There we go. Okay. A blessing on your head, Mazel Tov, oh, Mazel, Mazel Tov. To see nice. your daughter wed, Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Very nice. <laughs> What's the theme song of your life? Oh man, that's a great question. So, um, uh, there's a couple. Like, um, uh, I've always been uh, a Frank Sinatra My Way fan. As a matter of fact, you can't see it on my wall, but I've actually got the gold record that um, when I was leaving one, I had you know, two command tours when I was in the Navy and one of my command tours, they gave me like the little Frank Sinatra with the gold record that says uh, with my way, because I would always play that over the intercom because that's how I do things is usually my way. Also, uh, Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. I think that is a great theme song for me. <laughs> so good. Maybe uh, Joker by uh, Steve Miller Band. I think that's an also great song. There's so many. I mean, who you know, it's hard to pick just one. Kind of is dependent on the mood that you're in at the time, is all I'm saying. There's a book by Thomas Erickson called Surrounded by Idiots. Mm -hmm. and, and it's basically on communication styles. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it, uh, it sets up a spectrum of red, yellow, blue, green. And a red person is very direct. Says mm -hmm. what there's on their mind doesn't varnish it there okay so that's that's you know when i said you know when certain things come up you know, you're red you want to get to you want to get things done you want to get it yeah yeah um yeah sometimes to my own detriment i've often been a very big turd and a punch bowl because i just you know <laughs> say whatever i want you know what's yeah. on my mind and then later on, I'm like, hey, you know, let's you shouldn't have said that. You just hold off. But, you know, yeah. it's just who I am. It's part of my DNA. Chip, I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to us. Now, you may not recognize this conversation once it's edited. You have a voiceover for me. Be like, it'll be like Marcellus, Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Every time Chip talks, it's like, it's really deep baritone. It's like, oh, I was thinking about this right here. You know. A completely different voice. This is fine. Do a voiceover for me. That I can give you a Spanish accent. That would be even better. <laughs> Hola, Katie B. Hola, Chip. So funny about that is I used to teach some <laughs> classes and I had oh um, a woman in my class that um, she used to call me Professor Cheap. Um, she was she was Hispanic. So good. I cheap. Was, so I would, good. I, I loved it. I, every time I you know she would say. Professor Cheap. And I loved I loved her so much because she yes. made me feel special like that. I, must yeah. say, I really wish I was in your theology classes because uh, when I was in grad school, I was in grad school with uh, some guys who had, uh, they were army. They had been through West Point. They had served tours of duty in some unpleasant places. And while the rest of the grad students are all, you know, you know the guys from the military, it was like, 
you can't phase me. Okay, you know, uh, you know, not not impressed by the PhD, not impressed by the, you know, the equations or not that are on the board there. They had a job to do. They got it done. Uh, and I think I learned more about uh, uh, emotional intelligence by watching them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for um, you know taking the time out of your day to like talk to me about uh, my time doing the podcast. I really appreciate that. Um, it's been a, um, a labor of love because I love the organization and I've loved all the people I've talked to during the course of the last five years on, you know, you know, doing the podcast and, you know, interviewing people. I've learned a whole lot and hopefully that it's provided some value to some other people along the way. And I think ultimately that's what we're, you know, that's what we're looking to do, you know, not just with the podcast, but just as an organization as well that, you know, uh, you know, we're kind of like all in this together um, not everybody gets the joke, but we get it. And so, you know, if we can share that with other people, uh, where people get, you know, some leverage that they can use in their everyday life, I, you know, that's a win-win for all of us, because then we're looking to make the world just a little bit brighter place. So thank you for the, taking the time out, you know, Katie and, and Jim Bob tonight, just to spend a little time and, you know, getting the history of what we, we've been doing here for the last five years and, you know, spend some time, you know, talking to me. That's very much appreciated. I'm a newbie, Chip. So you're a big inspiration. And so thank you for including me in this talk. And I hope we can do you some justice and keep your legacy going in the way that, that you will, uh, you will make you more than I ever did. So I'm I am firmly confident in that. So thank you so much for continuing on. The torch has been passed. Go forth, do great works. And blessings to you, my man. Thank you, my friends. Thank you so much. Blessings. Thank you. All right. I'm going to stop recording in three, two, one. Thank you for joining us in today's episode number 83 with Chip Lutz, Jim Bob Williams, and KDB. This has been LaughBox, brought to you by the Association of Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on episode 83. See you next time!